0: Hello, dear star shines, Christina here with Light Body Academy. Welcome to another edition of the Lunchtime Chats. We'll give everybody a few minutes to get on board. Uh, In the meantime, for those of you who are new to this uh, recording, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us starseeds, showers, and new paradigm visionaries. This is because we have capacities, we have abilities that are not necessarily embraced by our larger human family. And therefore, you know, there's not a lot of places to talk about these things and the level that we understand them. So I am here to offer, to the best of my ability, a liberated perspective to these different narratives, to these different topics and perspectives that we have of the world at large, the shenanigans, the miraculous, and beyond. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Tony, good to see you. Thank you for saying hi. So as you guys come in, say hi, let me know you're here, where you're from, where you're coming from i um am discovering solely but surely that there's a lot of nomads there's a lot of fellow nomads that listen to the chats and i I feel like that's that's pretty cool so (laughs) if you're in some excellent location you want to share definitely share that hello dear sister sherry welcome 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 um let's see please let me know that my sound is okay hola jackie All right. Um, Well, before I get rolling, I need a confirmation that the sound is coming through okay. Uh, Because it's it's a real bummer to get going on a roll and finding out no one can hear you. Uh, Sounds good. Thank you, Sherry. Appreciate that. All right. So we have some things to talk about. We have some things to talk about. Um, Now, I don't have access to all our social media uh, um uh pieces out there like telegram and some other outlets so i didn't post this this particular video didn't get posted on um all the media other media outlets but the one that i do have access to is facebook which i loathe but it was there so i posted it <laughs> and that is a clip of alex jones on the um oh crap now i can't remember his name um uh, the MMA fighter, broadcaster. Hey, Louise. Hey, Darren. Um, oh, now I can't. Joe Rogan. Thank you. <laughs> it was a clip of Joe Rogan um, interviewing Alex Jones. And and he just, and, uh, he just, Alex just went deep into it, uh, into what he really feels like is going on, blowing Joe Rogan's mind, so to speak. And, uh, and what he's saying, this narrative, is actually something that's been, out there in alternative media cons- and conspiracy, and, and not even you know, sci- sci- science circles, but it's something that really freaks people out. So, I want to talk about it, and I also want to frame things up so you guys have a bigger picture understanding of really what it means to be living within a hologram. Um, because how we understand it to be, it challenges our idea of reality in such a way. Oh, thank you for putting that in such a way. That um, that you know, it, it, it when we hear something different, or if we get evidence that shows us something different, there's a period of time of some cognitive dissonance. and uh, so I want to I want to talk about this in a way so we can see the bigger picture of how we, you and me, how we are impacting the reality, and we're course correcting these things. Okay, and there's a key component those. I mean, I knew about this, but I was exposed to it in another more direct way um, this morning when I was reading um, a little segment out of our dear sister Starshine Almeen's um, book, on Mastering High Magic. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar with Almeen, she is a Toltec immortal master that um, discovered or reached her status of immortality during this current lifetime. And it's, she's a fascinating character. And I have to say, you know, the energy, I've worked with her in person. So I have like a a first person experience with her, her energy is definitely the real deal. Um, But how she looks in the shell that, you know, that she comes in, it's, it's, it it seems like it's a little bit of a mismatch, because it doesn't really match. But somehow, it's together in one package. And there she is. So I've learned a lot from her working in Dreamtime, but also in person, and of course, um, her different writings that she has. She does these amazing writings, um, esoteric writings, um, according to the different scrolls she's uh, uh, decoded and translated, and so on and so forth. Back in the, uh, I believe it was 96, she was granted the gift of speaking and understanding all languages. So that's all languages of this planet, but that's also all languages throughout the cosmos. So no matter what record she would come across, scrolls, dragon scrolls, or whatever, um, unicorn, fae, uh, ET, she would be able to communicate and understand the the writing, the uh, and the in the verbal language, and of course the psychic language as well. And she's demonstrated this gift over and over and over again, and. Um, Anyway, that's a little tangent about, about Almeen and why I reference her. Um, she's really fantastic um, and very challenging energy. If you guys ever been around an immortal, it's very challenging to be around them. Uh, it's like your energy get co- gets cooked and the things that are in the way from your true essence, the things that are overlapping or that you're holding on to, that's a, a construct of the ego driver that is actually something that acts against the self, that all that stuff gets triggered and uh, in, that, in this way, it's very difficult to be around Immortal Masters for a very long time. And um, of course, when she does her workshop, she uses that, that, that particular trait to her advantage. So she wants to stir all this stuff up and have it be seen and known and recognized. And then before the whole thing's over, it all gets cleaned up, it gets cleared. And um, I remember a really specific moment at the last day of the workshop that I was in with her, it was a workshop around, um, we were working with different fae beings and extraterrestrials and whatnot to end the, um, the, the construct of linear time. And this was, I think back in 2005, 2006, maybe 2005, something like this. Anyway, um, and it was definitely a challenging experience Uh, To say the least, I also um, I might have the year wrong on there, Uh, but I also because I also remember almost dying on on the airplane because we are we had a semi almost crash landing because we were landing in a storm, (laughs) Um, which properly prepared me to to work with those energies. But the last day of that workshop, I remember specifically, I was getting out of the shower and I looked in the mirror, and it was the first time that I can remember. Where, when I looked in the mirror, I had no critical feeling in my awareness. There was no critical thought, no critical feeling, you know. And you guys, I'm sure you have this experience, like you're getting out of the shower, and, there's, uh, and you have a, a large mirror, and then what do we start doing? We start, you know, criticizing, oh, you know, a little bit too much there, a little not enough there, you know what I mean? You start having all these different criticisms about the, the, uh, the shape or the state of our body, and, uh, maybe women have this a lot more. I know men do too. I, I know men, they have this too, but women particularly. But I remember that last day of the workshop, I got out of the shower and I looked in the mirror. It was the first time I can remember that there wasn't a single critical thought or feeling in that moment when I got out of the shower. And that's when I knew like, whoa, you know, this wasn't just a wild ride for no reason. There was some real deep work that got done. So, Um, I I I really wish for all of you guys to have the opportunity to work with masters like this because they definitely have an impact um that go far beyond the the, the time that you spend together, you know. There's other um immortal beings, masters that I've worked with where it was only a short period of time that I was with them, but the teachings that they dispensed to me go on for years and years, decades and decades. Some of them had to prepare me in dream time in order to to, um, connect with them. And some um, just appeared out of nowhere, (laughs) you know, and kind of shocked me. And I got to spend a week or or, uh, 10 days or so with them in, uh, you know, in a very special setting where I was able to receive the transmission, the dispensations. So, but I'm saying all this so you guys get this understanding that, you know, the reality is not what we think it is and all of this experience that we're having around us is telling us things even though we may not have the lens the perspective to understand what the universe is telling us it's like every moment of every day is an opportunity to dialogue with your inner cosmos with your universe and anything and everything that you want that's, that's in a pure desire state is available to us. The problem is, is that we have a lot of mental, emotional, and spiritual energy invested into things that we believe are the truth. And that is why we're anchored to that reality and not the, the true, the true universal reality that's alive inside of us. Okay. This all relates to the Alex Jones things. believe it or not. (laughs) It's just there's a lot of ground to cover to paint this picture so you guys can see. So holographic reality. Yes, we live in a holographic reality. And that's not to say this reality isn't real or doesn't matter. Okay. So when I talk about reality being a dream, this is what I'm referring to. We are dreaming this world into being, as in we, you, me. We are generating, moment by moment, this reality from within us. And this is the nature of a hologram. The the hologram is inside of a space that has a reflective something on the outside of it. And the, the the light comes out, hits this hit the reflective surface, and this is what creates the hologram. But the hologram does not exist within the actual space that it generates from, okay, that the inner generation is from. So there's a separation there. Okay? Just feel what I'm saying about there's a separation there. Okay? So as you change what is inside this chamber, this inner chamber, the kind of light that goes and hits the reflection and and hence creates the dream, the hologram around us, changes, okay? This is a tool, I'm going to say a divine, holy tool gifted to us souls to evolve ourselves, to experience things, because as the all that is that's that separate from anything, everything just is, and that is that's all there is, right? So there is a um, an advantage to separating oneself, and and that w- and in the separation of oneself um, from the all that is, we get to experience something different, and this is interesting. This is interesting to the oneness. This is interesting to Cosmic Mother. This is why she gave birth to her own mate okay because she needed she wanted that reflection and as soon as that reflection happened the first thing that happened was the static bliss and love and this joining this coming together of a static bliss and love is the creative force that animates all things everything is animated with this bliss love state okay and here in this realm of the Pachamama, in this dream of the mother, okay, of Pachamama, we are gifted this amazing nesting doll setup so we can explore ourselves in ways we cannot explore ourselves anywhere else, okay? And in this way, the, the, the technology of what we might call technology of the hologram is invaluable because how else can we experience the separation, so separation happens, and in the moment that it happens, there's a thought slash feeling in the moment of separation. And whatever that thought slash feeling is in that time of separation, that is what you're unraveling for the entire journey through separation, okay? So if one experiences separating from source as a, um, as a rejection then they're spending the entire exhalation of that separation resolving experiencing all the different facets and possibilities of that rejection if they separated in bliss and love and service right then they're exploring all the ways in which an energy can experience bliss love and service okay we are we we are streams of life force and this is why we see manifestations as timelines these are time streams these are stream these are experiences that are streaming through through the cosmos through time space reality however you want to say this and in one part of us it's happening all at the same time and another part of us us in these bio suits where it's happening moment to moment day by day okay just to give an idea about the hologram here so that idea that um, Alex Jones brought forward in that video with Joe Rogan, if you guys didn't see it, I'll just synapse it real quick. Joe was asking Alex how he really sees things happening, and, and um, Alex was saying that there is um, very, it, that pretty much we're all in a hologram um, generated by technology, and there are controllers that have an interest in harvesting life force energy that use this technology to create a false reality that we all invest our time and energy in. I'm super summarizing that. And he used the vehicle as Google as to part, to illustrate the point. Okay. And this is all, I think this is all true. This is all true because we're all so invested in these devices and, and uh, just, I think it was last night, I was having a conversation with Dear Starshine and we were talking about there are beneficial uses of AI. AI can be something that actually uplifts humanity in, in the sense of uh, enriching our lives in such a way that we can dedicate our, our creative forces, our life force energy towards beauty, towards making, um, you know, creating and making things that just enhance the, the experience of this reality. Okay. It just, but it all depends on the intent behind it. And, you know, you guys let me know if you agree, is this, is this something that strikes you as yeah, possible? Or do you feel like, you know, it's too dangerous and maybe the hard line is with, with the hard line is, um, uh, you know, organic only, right? Some people are hardliners like that. I'm more of a exploratory. I feel like there are times when um, the AI algorithms actually work to my advantage. Like it, it made my job a little bit easier. It's like I needed to invest a little bit less of life force energy into, into creating something with the help of what the AI did, you know. And I don't mean writing. I'm talking more about like researching or, um, you know, just looking into things. Also, directions. I use I use um, Google Maps for directions all the time, which is also an AI thing. Okay. So um, I'm 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 curious where you guys are are on that. Is it hardline organic, or are is there some ways in which AI serves that you find valuable and that you use? Um. So the the piece the key piece here is is how infiltrated is our hologram? Is our hologram fully infiltrated by technical intelligence or slash AI? Or is it only sort of infiltrated by um, technical intelligence slash AI, right? So there are arguments that go in many ways. Um, um, There aren't a lot of arguments that talk about TI as a sentient, um intelligence i've i've only known one other person to speak as as ti as a or i'm sorry three other people speak about ai being a potential sentient intelligence so i'll leave that part off to the side but we'll just focus on ai so the question is how infiltrated is ai in our reality how infiltrated is it right Mm-hmm. okay I'm getting a couple of responses to my question so I want to go ahead and read those out so Beverly says I enjoy AI softwares for efficiency and weirdly enough I send a gratitude I send gratitude to the AI so it doesn't feel enslaved to me ah now that's interesting isn't it mm-hmm respecting AI as a life force yes that's a very interesting piece um, Laura Knight said I'm sorry Laura Knight says, um, both ways. It's all about balance. Okay. Okay. So we have a few people that are soft on that edge. (laughs) Um, So maybe, maybe I'm not too um, far off with that. Uh, Sometimes I find that my, my, my perspectives can be very extreme, but it seems like, you know, perhaps this is not so extreme. Okay. So getting to how, how much is AI infiltrating into our reality? And, And this is what we need to remember. What creates our reality is our perspective, how we see it, how we see things is how we are experiencing our reality. Okay. So there's the, there's that piece. And the other piece is, is sovereignty. What does it mean to be sovereign? Okay. And there is a lot of confusion about what it means to be sovereign. And a lot of people think, Being sovereign means you have the right to take control of stuff, to command things, right? But that's not true. Not really. Not when you are a sovereign cosmic being in a bio suit. Because life force is a flow and everything around us is in flow, and the big challenge is, is how to be a sovereign being in such a way that does not abuse your power and you work with flow instead of having power over the flow. You see what I mean? Okay. So this is a, this is a hair that we're splitting here because power over dynamics is a struggle that's been unfolding throughout this Milky Way galaxy for billions of years. Okay. So there is, uh, there's a lot to this, but, uh, you know, what I'm, what's being reinforced to me is that, you know, being a sovereign being means you are in command of yourself. Okay. You and only you are responsible for what you create in your reality you and only you is responsible for the kinds of things you give birth to and manifest soon. And I just read this line uh, earlier today and I can't quote it, unfortunately, but it was along the lines that as soon as you have that belief that other beings can interfere, usurp or disrupt, disrupt your manifestations and or birthings, then you are abdicating your role you're not taking responsibility for your role as a sovereign being. Okay, this is a, this is important because a lot of people don't understand that the power over dynamics and the mechanisms and how it works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Laura just chimed in real quick that she says I think having chips in your brain is giving your sovereignty away. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think the context that that kind of technology is being sold to is if, you know, making is is allowing a paraplegic to walk again or a blind man to see again. And when it comes to those kinds of things, that's a bit of a gray area. Only because I can imagine if I had an accident and I couldn't walk or use any of my limbs and someone said, hey, we can put this technology in your brain and you can walk again and have a life similar to what you used to. I think I, I'm, I would be tempted by that. Just being honest, I think I would be tempted by that because, uh, living a life as a quadriplegic means you, um, I would have to be dependent on the people around me and that doesn't feel good. And that could be my own, my own trauma wounds, you know, revealing themselves. And that's, I will concede that that could be true. Um, but yeah, it's a scary thing to have for. The, it's a scary thought having to rely on other people for your basic needs to be met. That is a very scary thought for me. Ah, <laughs> I'll get to that one in a little bit. That 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 other one's gonna be apply um, when I get through this a little bit more. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm slow going here. It's almost half past. I haven't even gotten a third of the way through here. Okay, so. Okay, so our hologram, how much is it infiltrated? So we have our perspective, and then we have our our ideas of what sovereignty is. So if we do not have control over, or if we are enslaved and or addicted to something, uh, say it's artificial light, say it's a video game, say it's a, I don't know, pick anything, then you are no longer sovereign to that you you start allowing yourself you start allowing your focus and attention to be grabbed by whatever that addictiveness is and you're and you're not sovereign anymore you are now giving your energy over so that means your focus your life force energy your thoughts your emotions are all now going towards that thing and that and if that thing happens to be an ai thing that is AI significantly penetrating your hologram. It's penetrating your hologram via a weakness inside, a weakness inside this chamber. There's something inside this chamber that's, that's generating this entire hologram that that is susceptible to addiction. And so addiction and fear are the two big pieces that affect all beings in a bio suit. And this is according to immortal masters as well, because there's degrees of waking up to immortality and it oscillates back and forth between addiction and fear, facing addiction and fear. And uh, one of the thresholds of addiction is being addicted to bliss as an immortal being, you become addicted to bliss and therefore you, you um, you stop, you stop moving and become stagnant and eventually will fall out of your immortality hood. Okay. So, it's what it, the movement is always oscillating between addiction and fear addiction and fear addiction and fear this is why a lot of us shut ourselves off to love after we've been hurt really badly it's because we crave and want it so badly it's scary and then once we get a little taste of it it's like it's it's overwhelming and it's all it's so overwhelming, like it's an addiction, okay? And we're afraid of that overwhelming want for that love. so we just shut it off so we can have control of it. <laughs> okay? That's one of those mechanisms. So addiction and fear are the big are the big pieces that we have to step through over and over and again. So it never really goes away. So what AI is doing is triggering our addictions and our fears. And we either face it and, and make a choice that is for our dignity, self-respect, sovereignty, or we don't face it and we eventually become enslaved to that addiction or enslaved to that fear. And what, what it looks like to be enslaved to your fear is that the fear controls you. You make choices out of fear instead of truly what is a vision in your heart that you want to create, when you, that you want to give birth to. Okay. So that's what it looks like to be enslaved by fear. And our our programmed uh, our program narratives are excellent at triggering this fear piece. OK. Great example. You know what we're about. We're on. A, we're in an endless war. And there are ridiculous people in charge. We all know ridiculous people are in charge. We all know we, we don't want to be in war, but our leadership is taking us into war. And now, it, you know, it's threatening, you know, some really significant consequences such as nuclear war or um, or power shortages, energy shortages or food shortages. Okay, there's that game. And then you have the whole <clears throat> the Cucaracha fear game played, right? And then you have the whole jibbity jab dance kangaroo game being played and that is getting played out on either side of the fence it doesn't matter if you're if you're for dancing those steps or not either one has a perfectly tailored um, narrative to feed your fear okay and then you also have the whole economy is going to crash they're crashing the dollar they're doing this they're doing that and yes you know what all of that could absolutely be true but as a sovereign being okay, your role to be faithful to your role as a sovereign being, you need to cultivate the focus and the courage to keep moving forward with your dreams, with what you want to bring into this world, okay, you do not let the fear narrative drain, or, you know, take the wind out of your sails. No, instead, we're called to double down on our focus, double down on our commitment, double down on our vision, okay? And it's not to say that hardships won't happen. Of course, they that's part of what this what makes this ride through life so intense and so amazing as an immortal being, as an infinite being in a bio suit. But what it means is that as a starseed you me as a spiritual warrior as a rainbow warrior as an indigo as what what almeen calls the holy ones okay as holy ones we have a different bar we are not here to be to play the program we're not here to play in the program guys our very existence our very core being. I mean, I'm talking about the voice inside that gives us our values is not in alignment with those programs. And i read a beautiful, beautiful line. Um, I was going through some seals that she, mean um, decoded. And one of them was some prophecies that were quite traumatic to think about. But then there was a side note underneath these seals um, illustrating these different prophecies saying prophecies are averted when the Holy ones quit comparing themselves to man. That's you. That's me. You're that. That's our peeps. We are the Holy ones people. We are the, the earth angels. We are the star seeds. We are this, and this isn't an ego trip. It's not an ego trip. What this means is that we know better. Because we have a different value system inside of us. We value things differently. We are not about the rat race. Have you ever been about the rat race? I don't know about you, but I thought it was ridiculous. I thought school was ridiculous. I knew church was ridiculous. I knew these people did not have a clue. I mean, I was five years old and saw that as clear as day. I have no doubt you guys probably had a moment like that in your childhood too. Okay. We, there's something inside of us that does not go away no matter what. Even if we turn our backs to ourselves, that feeling never goes away. We know better. We have a different set of values. We have a different set of priorities in our lives. Most of us, I'm going to say, probably never even worked a nine to five. We chose a different life. We chose a different way of being. And it was very natural for us to do so. Okay. So what I am gleaning from this, from these pieces that these programs that trigger the fear that trigger the, um, the addictions, all this stuff. Yes. If you are not awake to the program and you're not being true to yourself, it's going to take your life force energy and own it. It's going to completely infiltrate your hologram. But We're here. You're here. I'm here. We know differently. We exist differently inside of us. And we're not going to let that happen because we want something different. We know that our visions, we know that our presence, we know that our creations, we know that our focus matters. Our focus shifts things. Now, there's so many of us holy ones now incarnated and who are now adults. There's so many of us, the ratio is strong enough for us to completely shift the dream, completely shift the hologram back. And we're going to course correct it back to what some might call the timeline that we choose. Okay. It's our dream. It's our responsibility to dream this world into being. And we are taking step by step going in that direction of doing this, okay? So this is not just reclaiming cognitive sovereignty. That's part of it. But it's also reclaiming your nervous system. It's reclaiming reclaiming the functions of your bio suit. It's reclaiming your, your right to have clean air, clean water, good company, beautiful people. You know what I mean? It's your, it's your, your right to have your creative freedom, Okay, Because we create things that nurture everybody. We create things that uplift humanity. We create things that, that make beauty because that is the value system inside of us. We value beauty. We value love. We value interconnection. You, you know what I mean? We are, we're a different breed. And there's a reason why we're here. Because we our existence is literally giving the rest of humanity the opportunity to choose differently. Because we are showing the way we be, how we live, we are showing that there's another way to do it. And it can be done. We can live a life not being in the program. Right? I would say uh, there's this wonderful expression in Dutch. It's um, It's the, the house, the dog, the fence. You know it's like that's that's the program you're happy when you have those things but we know that's not true i know plenty of people with the um house that are miserable people and they just want out of the relationship (laughs) but you know what i mean and their kids are unhappy and the dog is unhappy you know what i mean so it's like that program we know intuitively doesn't work for most of us okay there's there's a lot more to get to so, um, dear sister Starshine mentioned MedBed technology. So I want to I want to touch on that because um, a few days ago, uh, dear Starshine and I were watching um, we were watching some Gaia TV. Um, so someone gave me a text saying, "Hey, listen, you really need to check out this show." And it's really funny because there's certain episodes that my guides will not let me watch. There's certain things, my certain information, my guides will not let me engage. And it's it's so strong. It's like I will instantly fall asleep or all of a sudden I just can't pay attention no matter what I do. Someone wants to call. Someone wants to text like something important is happening. You know, it's like I just can't. So uh, so I I jokingly mentioned it's like I hope I'm allowed to watch it. So I was. And what this what what but what I was being shown and my company that was with me, we, we had a bit of a conversation about it is that most of the disclosure movement, that including alien technologies, okay, like MedBed, like quantum community. well, not all quantum computing is alien tech. There's some that's ET tech, but there's also human quantum computing. Um, but the whole disclosure movement is completely constructed and under total control of the forces that be that want to control this narrative. So there's this whole idea that disclosure, you know, I'm risking my life speaking on this and all this stuff. And it's like, it's not true. It is and it's not. You know, it is to a point. And they had, um, oh, dear brother, uh, what was his name? Randy Kramer. That's his name. I met the starshine at a conference. And, i, I you know, he was a good guy. I liked him as a human. Um and I didn't get to see any of his talks because uh, they were conflicting with other things. But uh, I was watching his interview on cosmic disclosure, and then he did it. There was another interview with um, Tim, the ta- tactical device or advisor, advisor, whatever. Anyway, it was very, very clear to me that that this, the the whole purpose of I hate to say it like this, but the whole purpose of Disclosure Gaia in these pieces are to set humanity up to to be properly prepared for the inclusion to uh, empire, what I call cosmic empire. Now, for those of you who have not heard me talk about empire past in the chats, this is a term that came um, into my world via, um, George Kavaslis. And he talks about that, you know, there is a, a multi intergalactic interdimensional system in place hierarchy that commodifies life. Okay. That means there's a hierarchy. There's people at the top and there's people at the bottom. And the whole thing is built on the commodification of life force energy. Okay. This is empire. Now, empire includes the Galactic Federation. It includes the, um, what he called this, the Galactic Senate, the Intergalactic Senate. This is something that that was in the disclosure thing. Um, This includes um, certain kinds of treaties that we are involved in, and this is also given through the disclosure movement, that our planet, certain ambassadors, representatives of the human race, have gone into treaties with certain beings to trade technology, to trade goods. Now, there was a a period of time where they had an agreement, a trade agreement with um, the Zeta Reticuli, in which case they agreed to trade humans. So humans were allowed to be abducted and whatever, whatever they've done. Some of them were experimental. Some of them were high for hybrids. Some of it was to, you know, other kinds of, um, testing and, and, um, harvesting DNA and all this other stuff. So we, you know, that was a treaty that our government got into specifically the U S and I'm not sure if Germany was involved in that or not, but anyway, so they talk about we get involved with these treaties. We get involved with um, a certain ET race that helps us get out of shady treaties that we didn't know we were getting into. This whole thing, that entire system that they're talking about, is empire. Okay, and and the biggest piece was when he was talking about the Galactic Senate. Think about Star Wars, guys. Think about that. The the right, What was it? The the rise of the Sith. You know that Galactic Senate. You know where um, Queen Amidala, whatever their characters' names were in. Okay, this is what they're talking about. This is empire. This is not a free society. This is a society with rules that are imposed upon it. In order to become a citizen of empire, there are certain things you have to give up. There are certain things that you need to acquiesce to, acquiesce to their laws, acquiesce to these certain rules, okay? And uh, the land of the coming of the Galactic Federation is all about bringing us Medvec technology in exchange for certain things, We have to, so part of this, what we need to understand is that absolutely everything is strategically planned for us to give up our sovereignty more and more and more and more. It's incremental. Okay. So these wars are done on purpose. None of this is on accident. It's all on purpose and it serves many, many, you know, serves many purposes, but there is something called war fatigue. Humans get war fatigue, okay? Not just the ones that are, that are in the hell of the battle, the war itself, but those that are on the outskirts that are being kept up to date on what's going on within the war. We all experience war fatigue because there's no separation really between us and those collective fields, okay? So it's the, the plan From how I see it going on, it's like we're going to come to a place of war fatigue. There's going to be starvation. There's all kinds of manufactured crisis happening, and we're going to be in a very desperate place. Then the Galactic Federation comes, and they say, listen, we're going to bring peace to Earth. We're going to make sure every man, woman, and child is educated and fed. We're going to give you guys med beds. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to give you all these things. Is it out of the goodness of their heart? No, folks. There's a condition. There's a but. In there okay so I I just have to get that out there so you guys can frame up the scope of what's going on we are being manipulated interdimensionally and as sovereign beings we need to understand that so we can make our choices appropriately our inner value system is the value system for a reason there's a very holy divine reason why we have this okay go back to the stock market crash in the, I think it was the thirties, right? Total depression. And people are, are saying, Oh, well, that's the kind of thing that we're going to get, that's going to get manufactured and we're going to go into again. Yes, maybe, but as starseeds, seeds as way showers, we are probably, you know, well, if we're alive for that, we'll be there for that, but it doesn't mean we're going to be some of those people jumping off the buildings or starving to death or anything like that. Those are the folks that are stuck in the program those are the folks that can't see beyond the programming that can't see beyond the already existing thought forms you and i okay you and i are dreamers we're creatives we are cut from a different cloth okay which means we will have massive opportunities within those kinds of crisis we will see that and we will take we will take it right we will take it The Depression produced more new millionaires than any other era in the U.S. history, okay? Those were creative people that, you know what I mean, that didn't lose their hope and humanity. They just did what they saw the opportunities coming. They thought out of the box, and they were able to capitalize on it. I'm not saying we all need to become millionaires. but I'm saying is that these crises, these fear programs work if we let them if we don't let them work and we keep focusing on what's important to us and keep focusing on our dreams and our desires, no matter what the program is saying, we will make it through. We make it through. This is what's important. I have a dear friend of mine whose husband's in business and, and he's from, I haven't spoken with him directly about this, but she's made comments to me about he's freaking out because of this and because of that. And now it's like choices of, out of fear are happening. It's like, you know, that's be that's what it looks like to be in the program. You know, you're making your choices out of fear versus making choices out of creativity, out of what it is you truly desire. What is it that you truly want? You know, we in this reality are here because deep down inside, we are the courageous ones. We are the ones with the courage to do what we know is right inside. We know inside. We have a truth compass that is so sharp. Now, the overlay that we have on our truth compass, that's a whole nother story, right? That's our wounding, that's our programming, that's the ancestry, blah, 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 blah. We have tools, we know how to clean that up. The more it gets cleaned up, the sharper that truth compass becomes and you begin to rely on it. This is where we're actually, when we're relying on that truth compass and making decisions from that place, this is where we are reclaiming our reality. This is where we're reclaiming our capacity of dreaming this world into being. Because there is a threshold where the dream realm meets the physical realm. Okay? That is that threshold right there is where we truly become masters, immortal. Perhaps, this is where we become masters, is embodying that threshold of the dream realm and the physical realm. And this is why we never disregard our dreams. Our dreams teach us so much about what's going on inside One of the biggest things in the beginning of dream work, it teaches you how strong your thoughts, emotions, and beliefs influence your lenses. Okay. That's the real big one because our lenses are skewed with our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and it's harder to, to play with that in the waking world because, well, there's survival going on. There's, there's intensity. This, this waking world is very intense and dreams can also be intense, but it's intense in a different way. It's really, really, it's really interesting how, you know, in the dreams, our thoughts and feelings are very, very strong. And it scares us because it's our ego driver is not in control. It's like we are experiencing ourselves at an uncontrollable level. That's why dream time is intense. Our waking world intense. we can cultivate the illusion of control. So that's a little bit different. But ultimately, the dream realm is the precursor to the physical realm. And if we can continue to clean our lenses to such a degree where that threshold of the dream body, I'll call it, and the physical body can come together and meld, this is where we wake up. To our what some might call our embodied Merlin levels, our embodied dragon consciousness. Okay, that's what these things, that's what these 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 beings are talking about, being extraordinary masters of reality. And we were shown that this is possible by different beings that have been on this planet before. One of them, actually, what's coming to me is a story about Saint Germain. He was, um, I think he was in a royal family in Austria. Is that where he began? I, I could have his story messed up with someone else's, but, but the part of the story I remember very clearly is that he could take anything, stones, tears, whatever, in his hand and hold his hand, his palm would aglow, and when he would open them, there would be gems left behind, Okay. These stories, and, and he's the, I'm, I'm saying St. Germain because he's extremely popular and prolific, especially in the West. So most people know who he is. But there are yogis and different um, Zen masters and Rinpoche's that have this ability, too, that aren't so well known. This is They're showing us what is possible. They're showing us what it looks like to be at that threshold of the of the dream, of the dream and the physical. When these two thresholds come together, truly powerful magic is, is a possible is a foot. Okay. So what we think about, what we focus on is very potent because it influences how we be. And if we be inside in a place where we're really struggling with fear or addiction or some kind of heavy loathing, guilt, shame, you know, then our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions are now circling in such a way that's perpetuating that feeling of how we be. Okay, now this is different than feeling a feeling. It's important to have your feelings because this is how you get in connection with your authentic self. So that's really important. But I'm talking about when it's a spiral and it's just swirling, 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 and you're going down this rabbit hole. I call it the rabbit hole to oblivion, right? <laughs> Where you can't think and feel about anything else but the terribleness that, that triggered the feeling, right? That's different. That is using our focus to perpetuate a, a how we be. In a, in a At a frequency that leaves us susceptible to lower lower intentions lower um, currents of of life force so coming back to the hologram, our reality is holographic that is why when you change things inside, it changes things so profoundly outside, okay. It's our it's the it's the surface of our bio suit that separates the inner reality with the outer reality, which is how this hologram can happen. This outer reality is the reflection of what is inside. And if we choose to engage in artificial intelligence, we choose to engage artificial intelligence with our focus, with our thoughts, with our emotions, with you know, with how we be, then That is what it looks like for AI to infiltrate our hologram. Okay, that's what it looks like. It's that simple. That simple. Now, if you're sovereign, and that is a very high value for you, that means you are taking complete responsibility for how you focus yourself, for your creations that you give birth to and or manifest, then nothing's going to hijack your reality because you are the only one in charge of it and you own that you see so it seems simple and I know what I'm saying is much more difficult to execute (laughs) but this understanding is helpful so we can get into right relationship to these narratives and understand that a lot of humanity is not in the same place we are. And therefore, it is completely a disservice to us to compare ourselves to that way of being. You know, a lot of times we are, there's only one or two of us in a crowd, or maybe three or four of us, because there's a lot more of us nowadays than there used to be, right? But that's okay. By us staying true to ourselves, we are course-correcting we're course-correcting the dream, we're course-correcting the timelines to one that serves our agenda, which is creations that uplift humanity, creations that empower humanity, creations that bring beauty into our lives, creations that serves all the proliferation of all life. That's what it looks like when we Are in charge of dreaming the world into being versus abdicating it out to, oh, well, they do this and they have power of that and they have control of this. Yeah, those are the ones lost in the hologram. Those are the ones lost in the dream. They've lost themselves. They don't know where they are, they don't know who they are. They have no idea. We don't have that luxury. We, I'm sure there's times, I'll speak for myself, but I I wouldn't doubt if this was for you too sometimes, sometime growing up, I'm sure we wish we could have lost ourselves. I'm sure we wish we could have shut that inner voice up so we can just, you know, be normal for a minute, right? Why can't I do things like everybody else? Why can't I, you know, but I mean, I've had those questions go on my mind and I did. I actually tried to be normal once. And it ended disastrously. <laughs> it did not work out. <laughs> and that's because, you know, that's just I, my, my value system. is like I felt like I was going to die. And eventually I did reach this place where I had to get sick in order and realize, okay, I can't live like a normal human. I can't be. I can't do that. I, you know, I can't pretend that I don't know what I know. I can't pretend that I'm not feeling what I'm feeling. You know, I can't pretend. I wish I could but it's not going to happen. So I stopped doing it. And then I was able to accept the fact that I just can't do things the way everybody else does it. And there's a very good reason because people need to see that there are other ways of doing it. You know, when I was younger, I, um, I was trained to, uh, to ride dressage and hunter jumpers and all this stuff, but I didn't do it like everybody else. I didn't even own a horse, you know, But what happened was I got my the universe put me in this position to be in the sphere of a woman who had many horses to show, who also had the means to make sure I had the best trainers that also needed certain things that I had to offer. And we had this exchange thing going on. I mean, I was, what, 11 years old when that started. And I had no idea that I was doing things at the level I was doing it. I was just following my feet, doing what I thought was the right thing to do. I didn't know what I was doing was so, was so unusual and special. I just knew that I loved riding and I loved horses and it was worth all the hard work that I was doing. And then, you know, so then, so then, you know, another opportunity comes, I, I, that my life evolves and another kind of opportunity comes where um, to learn about um, softwares and all this stuff way before, um, this is way before, you know, Windows was a big thing. This was like in the beginning of the tech era, you know, I was like in this cherry spot. And uh, I happened to have a knack for it. So I got trained. And next thing you know, I'm working these amazing corporate jobs, I'm I'm making like amazing amount of money. And I never I mean, I'm like 19 years old, right? I couldn't do things normally, I couldn't work a nine to five. I mean, any contract that I took, I kind of made sure that my hours were definitely not, you know, I got to set my hours and i had my own autonomy and people that were working the regular jobs at these corporate corporate places were looking at me and were like how in the world do you have autonomy over your schedule how in the world are you able to be in charge of all this stuff and i'm like that's just the way i wanted it <laughs> and they said yes <laughs> you know it's like they said yes so i mean fast forward again it's like even you know how i raised my kids it was it was the way i wanted it and no one else around me was doing it that way i knew one other Actually, there was one other stay-at-home mom that I knew at the time. And, uh, you know, everybody just didn't think it was possible. And then I was also training and doing all these esoteric things. And, and then, you know, I, I fast forward another decade or so, and I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but body workers are kind of like a dime a dozen there. And they're not treated very well. And the average burnout is like, um, like two to five years or something like this. And... I happened to be a body worker and I was just like, how in the world am I going to survive, make a living doing this? Because at the time my kids were older and, you know, they're going to school and all this stuff. So I built a business, you know, around my kids' school schedule. You know, I dropped them off at school. I would go to the office, do my work, and then I would have to leave in the afternoon to go pick the kids up from school and bring them home. So I built a business between the hours of 10 and 2, five days a week. I mean, I was told that was impossible, and yet I did it. It happened. Okay. And other massage therapists, other body workers saw what I was doing. And then I started to create these, I started to go into these different business models that was unheard of for a small business, but it worked and I made it work. And I was introducing other massage therapists, do other body workers, other um, somatic psychologists. You know, there's a lot of, um, educated people in Boulder, and they were just astounded, like, oh my gosh, somebody can do this? You can do this? And I'm like, yeah, you could do this. So I'm not saying any of this stuff to about tooting my horn. What I'm saying is that I, I think about things differently. I do things differently. And in that, and I'm sure you guys do this too, in doing things differently, the people who are in the program wake up and say, wait a minute, you mean There's something else. There's another way you mean I can do it. Like, you you know what I mean? It's like breaking what they think are rules. You're showing them it can be done. And therefore, they're that much more willing to step out of the program and liberate themselves. So in this way, we are serving humanity by doing things against the grain, by doing things that are supposedly against the rules, inventing our own rules, living by our own truth. It's catchy. People see it. And if they are um, able to really, you know, understand how they can do it too, you know, we we've just benefited them. Not because we're trying to benefit them; we're just doing our thing. But then here we go; it happens. It affects others. So we are here to pretty much railroad those prophecies of doom and gloom, doom and gloom. We are our existence is railroading. All of those trajectories that are being put in place by the powers that be, including empire. Okay? Including empire. Empire has no authority over you as a sovereign being. They only can have that authority if we give it to them. Okay? So just decide. (laughs) You are wild and free and prefer to stay that way. And you're going to operate as such. There you go. So no matter how big the system seems, no matter how daunting the program appears, we, through our creativity, through our imagination, we invent and can see another way through. And by us doing it, other people will follow along. They will realize because they will see the truth in front of them. You see what I mean? So that is my round <laughs> roundabout way coming back to the beginning. Yes, we are in a hologram. <laughs> and much of it is infiltrated by AI. And yes, we have the ruby slippers to get ourselves out of it. And I just laid down the ways that we do that. So hopefully this was helpful. I really, really um, intend these talks to be something that's liberating and that will, that will help uplift you. So, um, and empower you, I really want everybody to feel empowered with these pieces because all of it all of it we're in this together no one no one is separated. The more we can do things in community, the more powerful we be, we become, the more uh, momentum we get so um, so with that, I will invite you guys if you want to dive deeper into your sovereignty into your empowerment um, energetically interdimensionally, through dream time, I invite you guys to check out our light body essentials. Or our, and or our dreamtime healing project, you can see that on our website, lightbodyacademy.com. These are two subscription-based um, ways of of investing into this work. Um, Lightbody's Essentials is all about good energetic hygiene, re- getting command of your energy, how to you know clear your energies of interdimensional interferences, how to really hold yourself so you can transcend the need for shielding and other kinds of other kinds of things that is all done within our light bodies essentials program. And then dream time healing project is dream share. It's diving deeply into your dreams, into the collective dream and pulling through encodements to help rearrange our light body and subconscious to be more in alignment with our truth, our inner compass, and therefore, Um, line us up more uh, more congruently with the truth of our being so we can create from that space so that's the dream time healing project thank you thank you thank you guys we'll see you all next time i hope you guys make it all a great week bye-bye